Live from the College of Communication, Arts, and Sciences at Michigan State University, it is now time to go beyond the X's and the O's with WKAR's Current Sports. You want to go after an athlete? One of my athletes? Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a star receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Yes, did I express to them I was mad? I was furious. Just furious. I know my wife will at least shot fake one time. We're talking about practice, not a game. I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cat. Here's your host, L. Martin. people welcome to this thursday july 15th 2021 edition of wkar's current sports i am your host al martin i hope everybody is well out there uh after what was a beautiful day with not a drop of rain on wednesday well we're back to cloudy skies highs in like the low 80s today it's very humid out there uh, we will see storms throughout the afternoon and the evening so if you are out and about please Bring an umbrella and be safe, all right? Folks, we got a lot to get to on today's current sports. I spent the majority of my night last night glued to my television watching what was game four of the NBA Finals between the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. And I am here to fully admit that, yes, your boy was wrong. I thought that this series was completely over when we saw what Phoenix was able to do in those first two games. But then the series shifted to Milwaukee and things have totally changed the Bucks have woken up and now folks we are looking at a tied series the atmosphere was crazy last night for those that tuned in you saw the Deer District absolutely going insane as they should and all of a sudden Giannis Antetokounmpo is looking like one of the top five players in the league which we, we know he has the potential to be on any given night but the thing about Giannis is If you take away his inside game, he struggles. If you get physical with him, he struggles. Well, that's all out the window right now. And, folks, we are now looking at a tie series. So I have a lot of takeaways from last night's game. I am also, on today's Current Sports, going to dive into a little bit of the name, image, and likeness rules. That's been really the hot-button topic that you all have been wanting to hear me weigh in on. Uh, We actually have a caller, my guy Alex from East Lansing, who called in on today's current sports to give his thoughts further on the new name, image, and likeness rules. Isn't it amazing, though? I mean, we have gone so many years having this discussion about college athletes. They bring in so much money for these universities, billions of dollars. That's no exaggeration. Yet they don't see a dime of it, especially college basketball players and college football players who make up the majority of those billions 
of dollars. And they don't see a dime. They have not seen a dime. Furthermore, the NCAA putting restrictions on these young men and women, for that matter, because let's not forget about college, women's college basketball, which brings in some dough as well. Um, they don't see a dime of this. And they, they work schedules that, that would put our work schedules to shame. You know, I, I always tell the story how, you know, I didn't realize the the schedule of a college athlete until I had actually a few college athletes as my interns here at WKAR for about three years. And how one was sleeping in the green room <laughs> before one of his shifts. And I had a meeting with him and, he, and we kind of laid out his schedule and, and the dude had no time to breathe. It was incredible. But folks, we are entering a new era where now college athletes will be making some dough, where now the limitations are off and they can use their, their name, their image, and their likeness to make some money. I, I brought to you the story yesterday how Master P's son has cashed in on a $2 million deal. He will be a college basketball player at Tennessee State. He has cashed in on a, again, I'll say it again, a $2 million deal at a tech company. A tech company has decided to sign Masterpiece Son for $2 million throughout his, his, his years at Tennessee State because his name is valuable, folks. Simple as that. And I just think about all of the, the great players back in the day at Michigan State that could have cashed in on, on a lot of money if this rule was in place when they were playing. You know, none more recently, I always bring up this example. I mean, Cassius Winston, who, in my opinion, goes down on the Mount Rushmore of Michigan State basketball players of all time. Can you just imagine Cassius Winston, who is trying very hard to to make a a solid NBA roster um, on the regular? You know, right now he's he's playing on the bench right now out in Washington. Uh, He's learning alongside some great players out there like Russell Westbrook and company. But, again, he's not one of the focal points. You know, uh, Cassius, when he gets in, he tries to make the most of his opportunities out there. But let's be real. The NBA is a different game. You're dealing with bigger, faster players. And we all knew that Cassius Winston, if there was any chink in the armor, it was his, his athleticism. So it's hard for him to find a steady rotation. It's hard for him to impress coaches and GMs to the point where they want to put put him on the regular. All right. It's very rare. Do we see like a story like Bryn Forbes, for example? So I would always ask you all, if you had to choose a point in the in the career, the basketball career of Cassius Winston, when he when his name, I should say, and his image would be the most profitable, when would that time be? When could the name Cassius Winston be the most valuable monetary wise well we all know that it was during his time at michigan state look cassius could have been on car commercials he could have been you know endorsed by restaurant companies who knows he could have been getting a lot of money based on how he performed on the regular for the green and white but again that opportunity wasn't available to him but now that opportunity is available to college athletes today. And it is a game changer, folks. It is a game changer. I feel like every day when I'm opening up my laptop preparing for that day's current sports, I am reading a new story centered on this rule that has, let's be frank, it's got a lot of college coaches nervous out there because I tell you what, at least when it comes to the big time talent, let's be real here. It's not going to have 
and an and overwhelming impact on the majority of recruits out there. But I'm talking about the big dogs. I'm talking about four-star, five-star recruits out there. You better believe that those athletes will be making their college decisions based on how many times they can be seen on TV so that sponsors like Adidas and Nike and Under Armour can see them so that they may want to sign these young men or women to a deal. So it will sway that way. All right. And and that's why I think, frankly, I I think that's why Coach K out out in Duke, this will be his last season. He's retiring because it's just another thing you got to worry about. And we already talked about how Roy Williams, he already chucked up the deuces to the college basketball game and he is out. Tom Izzo, (laughs) well, Izzo has gone on record to say that, look, he wants to continue coaching. All right. He does. And and based on his tone and, and, and how he has answered questions centered on name, image and likeness rules going into effect, he's not a huge fan of it. But let's be real. If I was a college basketball coach right now, and, and I know that these rules are going in, into place and already knowing that my schedule is already hectic. I mean, Tom Izzo already spends the majority of his time on a plane trying to woo young 16, 17, even younger than 16 now. Isn't it crazy? I mean, you start recruiting these these young men like in middle school now, but he's trying to woo these young kids to come to his program. That's exhausting. That gets exhausting for a man of his age who is right now knocking on the age of 70 years old, right? So, of course, if I was in his position, I would probably be a bit annoyed with this new rule as well. But is it right? Is it fair? We live in America. If Al Martin, if I wanted to market my name to some company out there who was willing to pay me millions of dollars because they felt like my name and image was valuable, I am able to do that because I live in, quote unquote, the land of the free. I put that in quotes for various reasons, but you get what I'm saying, all right? So why can't these young men do that? It's a game changer now, though, all right? Speaking of that, and I kind of went on a rant. I didn't mean to go on that rant to start the show, but speaking of that, we might as well get to our caller, Alex from East Lansing, who wanted to touch upon that subject as well as what is happening in the NBA Finals. Here is my guy, Alex from East Lansing. Hey, Alex from East Lansing, checking in. One time for the Facebook family, you get to know who you are. Name, image, and likeness. I still firmly believe that the NCAA will come down, and they, as well as honor other university programs that veil themselves as a nonprofit organization, you can no longer continue to pay your execs, coaches, and whatnot several thousands of or the millions of dollars off the backs of student athletes. And you just say, oh, they're getting education. Nah, Holmes, nah, not anymore. As green football goes, man, they deserve every preseason ranking they get. Quite honestly, after the green and white game, I don't see a D1 quarterback on uh, green football right now. Um, Phoenix. I thought Phoenix would D up on Milwaukee. But Giannis is proving me wrong every time he drives down to the lane. But to be honest, it's what our fa- it's what we needed. We needed a finals like this. The home court advantage with the fans means something. And I think that's something that got lost. 
there's nothing like performing in front of people. I still got Phoenix. Alex from me slicing out. Thank you for that call, Alex. If you guys would like to weigh in, just like Alex does on the regular, 517-355-WKAR, 517-355-9527. That is the number that you can call. Leave us a voicemail at, and you can hear your lovely voice on the following day's current sports. You can also weigh in courtesy of social media. Just simply go to facebook.com slash WKAR News. Leave us a comment anywhere there on our Facebook page. But however, we would prefer you leave it right below the post of that day's current sports to make it easier for me. Make my job easier. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> even though I already have a cake job, I talk sports for a living, right? Um, you can already go uh, to, fa- uh, well, fa- not Facebook, but Twitter. You can also go to uh, Twitter and tweet me directly at Al Martin WKAR. And you can also tweet the show. Uh, at WKAR News. So a few things I want to expound upon that Alex brought up, totally right on, on name, image, and likeness, right? You know, that, that's what I hammered home before I rolled into that call. It's about time. It, it's about dang time. And you know what I'm really excited about? You guys know I'm also a gamer, right? I'm, I'm a, Especially when it comes to sports video games, uh, just about every day, you know, I'm locked in to, to Madden uh, 21, Right. Playing that like every single day. And one of the most beloved college sports games of all time, which they took away because, again, college athletes complain that you're using my name, my image and likeness to sell this video game to millions of people. So they had to pull it. They pull it for for many years. But the fact that this rule is going in, in place now, we will get our college sports video games back, which is incredible. Right. And. College athletes who are on that video game will, will will get a little monetary benefit from it, which is which is pretty awesome. But I I, I love playing you know uh, the the college sports video games on, on Xbox and PlayStation back in the day, and um and now we'll be getting those back in our lives, which is pretty awesome. Next thing I want to touch upon last night's NBA Finals. I could not believe what I saw last night watching that game for. I thought that that Phoenix would at least win one game out there in Milwaukee. But no, Milwaukee took care of home and now they have new life in this series. Um, with the way that that you know Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and, and that supporting cast, with the way they have been playing throughout this series, especially when you evaluate, when you really evaluate games one and two, in addition to Chris Paul and Devin Booker, the supporting cast, guys like Cam Johnson, guys like Campaign, right? You know, uh, uh, DeAndre Ayton, he has been fantastic throughout the playoffs. I mean, there have been so many dudes that when you look at the depth in comparison to that of the Milwaukee Bucks, the the Suns supporting cast has outplayed the Bucks for the majority of those first two games. But then games three and four, we have seen a shift. And now, you know, I still want to say I, I I had said Suns in five after game two. I now don't forget. I began the series by saying Suns in six. 
and it may prove to be six games. I'm still sticking with my word because I can't go back. But I will say this. If the Suns don't wake up, th- this this could be very interesting. And I could see this series. I think we can all see this series now going to seven games, right? But but wow. And this is something that we miss. You know, I get into constant debates with with my fraternity brothers, with you guys online. When I'm watching a game and I'll tweet this or I'll put it on a Facebook status. You can't compare this season to what we saw last season. As we all know, the NBA went into a bubble last year out in Orlando, Florida because of COVID. They had to have COVID tests every single day. But but they were in a bubble. They couldn't leave that bubble out in Orlando during the NBA playoffs. And you know what? They played in front of no one. No fans were allowed. It was very quiet. They actually had to pump in fake crowd noise to try and give some kind of real game atmosphere there. And look, they were just playing basketball. They didn't have to worry about, you know, John Smith in the crowd, you know, talking about somebody's mama. All right. That's different. There is a different atmosphere when you have crowds in the stands, when you have fans in the stands who are heckling you, who are getting on you, who are providing that energy, that 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 adrenaline that you need to get over the hump when you're tired and your team's not playing well. there is a huge difference, folks. What we saw last year was basically AAU basketball. All right. And and I, and I argue that it made it some argue, well, Al, they're away from their families and they have to take COVID tests every single day. And they're in this bubble. It's, it's out the norm. This is horrible. Like, stop, man. It takes them to their basketball camp days from back in the day where they could just focus out there on the game and play with no distractions. All right. If anything, it, it benefited them in my opinion. Now, where you got to hop on your private plane and you got to travel on limited rest and you got to play in these hostile environments. Did you see the camera pan across the crowd in Milwaukee last night? Did you see how crazed those fans were out in Wisconsin? Did you see the camera go outside to the Deer District where you had thousands of fans not inside for the game? outside the arena losing their minds you can't duplicate that atmosphere in a a bubble and and it makes it hectic i'm pretty sure that that chris paul and and, and devin booker and company will comment today on just how ruckus that atmosphere out in milwaukee was i mean look it's the first nba finals out there for the bucks since 19 since the since the 70s i believe it's 1974 but don't quote me on that i have to look up the exact year i think it's 1974 though i mean they've been waiting for this moment since the 70s folks so you better believe man especially when it looked like milwaukee was dead in the water that crowd got on their feet erupted and gave them a much needed adrenaline boost and now us as NBA fans we we are we are getting what we what we wanted we wanted a series who wants to see a, a gentleman sweep of five games or a sweep of four or you know some some easy we want to see competitive basketball we want to see the creme de la creme which is the NBA finals the creme de la creme of hoops go down to the wire. So how have the Bucks been able to come back in this series and win? Not one, but two games to tie things up. 
Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. We saw an all-time duel. You know, when I think of all-time duels in the, you know, in the NBA Finals, I think of I think of matchups like I don't know, uh for for all of my my season listeners out there, like Jerry West versus John Havlicek, right? Famed matchups there. I think of Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant going against the great Allen Iverson, right? The 76ers and LA duels back in the day. I used to love those duels. I was about like when they were when they were competing, I was about like 11, 12 years old and I used to always try and play like like Allen Iverson. Fun fact, when I was growing up, because my name is Allen, if you didn't know, that's that's what Al is short for. And it's spelled just like Allen Iverson, A-L-L-E-N. We get annoyed when you say A-L-A-N. <laughs> but they used to call me A-I on the west side of Detroit when I used to ball because Allen Iverson was the hot basketball player and I had the same name. So I think of duels like that, though. And also, how about Michael Jordan going against, well, uh, he made he made easy work of the Lakers. He uh, uh, made easy work of the Seattle Supersonics back in the day as well. I don't know. Mike never went to a game seven, which is crazy to think about. He never played in a game seven in an NBA final series. I don't know. All right. Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley. Right. I'll, I'll bring up that because Barkley did put up some numbers. He was great that season. And, I, and I, you know, th- those two were so dynamic in their games. Right. Many people would argue that Charles Barkley is, is the greatest power forward to ever play basketball. But, yeah, I think of matchups like that. And then last night, we had Chris Middleton and Devin Booker going at it. So those two last night were, were incredible. You know, um, and actually, when you think of, you know, Shaq and AI, and I'm looking here, Mike Charles, um, Jerry West, John Havlicek, Middleton and Booker, check this. Those are the four sets of opposing players in the NBA, in the NBA's history, to both score 40 points in an NBA Finals game. Yeah. Pretty wild, right? And the first six, obvious Hall of Famers. You know, if if the game they played tonight, well, last night, excuse me, is any indication, Middleton and Booker are, are headed down in the Hall of Fame. If if they continue to trend upward in their careers, which I believe they will, I mean Devin Booker was like Kobe Bryant's little brother, you know. And and there's so it's it's so wild when I when I look at Devin Booker and they're talking about his story, isn't it so eerie that he reminds us so much of Kobe Bryant? There's so many similarities. It's why Kobe took Devin under his his wing. They are so mature. They were so mature. Kobe was so mature as a young 19 year old coming into the league. He wouldn't go out and party in club. It's that, that famous story of when Allen Iverson and him went and got a, a bite to eat in L.A. You know, A.I. happened to be in town. And after they eat, A.I.'s like, look, I'm going to the club. You coming? Kobe's like, no, nah, man, I'm going to the gym. Headed to the gym. You never saw Kobe Bryant in a club. It's, it's amazing. He's so mature for his age. He was all about winning in that drive. D-Book is the same way. Same way. You, they, they, Chris Paul constantly talks about his old soul and his work ethic and every day how he's pushing himself. That That's being a professional and that's wanting it more than the next guy. I mean, it's amazing. I can, I can go on my D-Book rant forever. He's, pro- he's probably become my, um, my favorite player in the NBA right alongside Damian Lillard. I love those two guys. But um, Booker and Middleton put on a show last night. 
and it was it was probably the most entertaining game of these NBA finals so far. Now, don't look at the start of the game when it comes to those two. <laughs> uh, that first quarter only included, well, 43 points. And then they combined for 21 in the second. And that's before D-Book erupted for a crazy 18 points in the third. And check this. If you look at the look at the stat sheet, Devin Booker did not miss a shot in the third quarter. At that point, I thought, okay, Suns win. Boom. They take a 3-1 series lead. But Chris Middleton said, no, I'm not, I'm not letting that happen. Middleton had other ideas. Booker, if you, if you look at last night's game, Booker was in foul trouble. So he had to sit a lot. Well, I should say not a lot. He had to sit some extended minutes in that, in that second half. So Middleton scored 14 points on five of nine shooting. And, and then as that second half went along, he, he just got better. He, he just got better. You know, those, those pick and roll jumpers could not be guarded. He turned a, a six point deficit into a, a, a six put six point win, excuse me, in the fourth quarter. And, you know, just like Alex touched upon, I mean, this is the series that we that all basketball fans deserve. And, and that kind of performance last night from two of the league's best is, is what that's what legends are made of, man. That's what legends are made of. And Booker responding after a very dismal game two in which he only scored 10 points. Wow. That's pretty incredible. And Middleton only scored 11 points in game two. So it's not like he had a stellar game with the absence of Booker there. So, hey, you know, it came down to these two superstars stepping up and carrying out their their offenses. And it was so fun to watch. But again, one of the biggest reasons why Milwaukee pulled out that six-point win last night was the fact that D-Book did have foul trouble and I tell you what though I got I I got up off my couch and yelled at the TV because that moment when Devin Booker had a blatant foul with 330 remaining in the game on Drew Holiday and the referees swallowed their whistles because D book had five fouls that takes him out the game you don't see him the rest of the game folks it should have been called Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, and Mike Breen all brought it up when it happened. He should have been on the bench, and and Milwaukee should not have dealt with his greatness the rest of that game. But they swallowed their whistles. It was a superstar call, right? Or non-call, I should say, in this case. You know, D-Book is a superstar in this league now, and I think that the referees just looked at it and said, oh, we didn't see anything. And and I tell you what, if Phoenix would have won that game, that blatant foul on Holiday that was not called, that would have been the story today. I would have been leading my show with that, right? But Milwaukee kept cool, and they won anyway. Crisis averted 
Now, looking on the other side, you know, uh, D-Book's foul trouble. Booker played only seven minutes and five seconds in that fourth quarter. He sat two minutes and 28 seconds in the third as well. Now, when he played in this game, the Suns battled the Bucks to a draw. All right. But when he sat, they lost by six points, folks. So that that raises the ultimate question, right? You, you turn and look at head coach Monty Williams. Should Monty have stuck with Booker regardless of his foul trouble? That's the question I had today on today's current sports. 517-355-WKAR, 517-355-9527. I want to hear from you guys. Should Monty Williams have stuck with Booker and just let him ride out? Should Monty have said, look, man, I'm going to ride or die with you. Just go out there and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust you. Even though you are in dire foul trouble, I am going to trust you. Because, again, you look at things. He played only seven minutes and five seconds in the fourth. He sat two minutes and 28 seconds. When he was in the game, draw. When he was out, the momentum drastically shifted in favor of the Bucks. Because, look, I also got to call, call out Chris Paul because he has had a bad last two games. He has been virtually non-existent. I was waiting for CP3 to wake up and, and take over this game knowing that D-Book was in foul trouble. I don't know. Maybe it's fatigue. I mean, Chris Paul has been in this league for a long time. Can we really expect him to shoulder that load if his young superstar isn't playing outstanding? I don't know. I don't know if that's fair, but look, it's the NBA Finals, man. You have been waiting your entire career to get here. You can't have games like last night. But he did, and and he was, I I don't even remember CP3 hitting the bucket last night. So, so should Monty Williams have stuck with Booker regardless of the foul trouble? That's the question I, I have. Or was he right to put him on the bench? And, and that's, I know, that's a complicated question. It, it really is. You know, it's, it's one that Phoenix already had to wrestle with in game three. DeAndre Ayton only played 24 minutes due to foul trouble. And, and look, the Bucks killed the Suns in the minutes that he sat. But, you know, Booker wasn't held out of almost an entire half as Aiden was. You know, he still managed to play 38 minutes and 30 seconds. Without foul trouble, Booker probably plays more. He nearly reached, what, 46 in Game 6 of that Lakers series, which was above 44 in Game 2 of the Finals. But could Booker have sustained such an effort for that long, especially, you know, being in that kind of foul trouble, and especially in today's league where you breathe on somebody and the whistle is being, being called? Could he have kept from committing that sixth foul? Well, he ideally committed that sixth foul against Drew Holiday. It just wasn't called. But I don't know. This is all really unknowable. And I don't think you can criticize Monty Williams either way because I think he has a valid point no matter how you look at it. If he played Devin Booker through the fire or if he sat him through the fire. Right? But... Hey, they are a different team without Devin Booker. That is clear. That is evident. Now, my my last point I want to make here is that you already know where I'm going next. You already know where I'm going. Giannis Antetokounmpo, a.k.a. the Greek freak, an MVP 
of this league, he came up with one of, I think it's going to go down as one of the most memorable moments in NBA Finals history. I saw immediately, I hopped on, on Instagram for a minute after the game, and immediately people were comparing Giannis's block on DeAndre Ayton to LeBron's block when when the Cavaliers that that chase down block that LeBron had when the Cavaliers came back down three games to one against Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors back in what that was like what 2016 I think to win that to win that series and that chase down block has been played over and over and over and over and it's a moment that's going to be played over and over and over and over in basketball lore. After this break, I want to talk more about that block and the performance of Giannis moving forward. And do I revise my prediction on this series now? Hmm. That and more. You are listening to the Thursday edition of WKER's Current Sports. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to WKER's Current Sports. I am your host, Al Martin. Ended... Segment A, teasing <laughs> segment B, as you usually should, right? Uh, and diving into the NBA Finals. What occurred last night? The Milwaukee Bucks getting a 109-103 to win over the the Phoenix Suns. And, and, and I ended that segment by touching upon Giannis Antetokounmpo, one of the great recovery plays you'll ever see. You know, that, that was stated by the broadcast team last night. You know, Mark Jackson, Mike Breen, and Jeff Van Gundy. Uh, because it, 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 it was huge. That clutch block late in that Bucks win. Reaching up, getting a paw on the potential alley-oop dunk from the hands of DeAndre Ayton. Because that... that, that alley-oop if it goes down if Aiton completes that play it's a tie game folks and it gives Phoenix more life and who knows what would have happened after that but but that's what wins championships right this is a legendary player Giannis is a future hall of famer already I think already making a play like that 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 just does something to the energy of your teammates. That does something to the energy of the room that is your home floor in Milwaukee. Again, that that's what wins championships. That's a that's a legendary player making a legendary play that nobody else in the series can make. Let's be real. You know, I, I brought up LeBron James, you know, blocking Andre Iguodala. In that 2016 NBA Finals, Cavs and Warriors, right? Uh, that, that's Michael Jordan switching the hands off the glass, you know, kissing it off the glass with the left, you know, against the LA Lakers back in the 90s. That, that's that's Julius Irvin. Remember Dr. J switching the basketball from one side of the backboard, going under and around, and on the other side, flipping flipping it off the glass and going in. That's crazy. You know, that, that's the kind of play that no amount of coaching, no amount of teamwork can prepare you for. The Bucks 
had a player who could do that and the Suns didn't. I mean, that that play is just it's just I mean, you for those who are, you know, watching sports uh, shows throughout the day, for those who are listening to other sports talk radio shows, I guarantee that that play is being shown or talked about on every single one of those shows today. That's how that's how legendary that play was last night. My jaw, I didn't even have any reaction to it because I, I, I couldn't believe it. My jaw was just on the floor watching that last night. Giannis, wow. And that's the player he can be on a regular basis, right? I've always said, I mean, Giannis is already a, a, a handful to deal with. But if he develops a jumper, my goodness, watch out. I mean, he's he's already got defenders shaking in their in their gym shoes on a nightly basis. But if he develops a jumper, my goodness, just imagine what he will do to the league. Now, I say all of that. I give all the praise in the world to the Bucks for these last two games. I say all of that while also saying this. Let's not go 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 throwing parades here. All right, this ideally was supposed to happen. You are supposed to take care of home. If you're playing in your home court gym, you are supposed to win. Both of these teams have done that so far. Phoenix out in Arizona won those first two games at home. Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, won those last two games on their home court. There is plenty of time left in this series. The Suns go back to Phoenix. The fans out in Arizona are wild, and they are ready to welcome their team back. It is going to be an electric atmosphere back in Arizona. This series is not over, folks. At all. So, hey, um, I'm still sticking with my prediction, all right? Knowing that this series is going back to Phoenix, Arizona, knowing that and knowing what those fans do to the Suns and knowing that Devin Booker, when he was in foul trouble, still put up 40-plus points and then knowing that Chris Paul has not played his best these last two games but he's heading home. Something's going to change here, and I think Phoenix takes the next game. I think they win in six. However, I would love it as a basketball fan. There's no two greater words in sports in the postseason than game seven. I would love to see this series go to a game seven. I'm still going Suns in six, though. I'm still going Suns in six. And, and the Suns, they, they got to do a better job at handling handling Giannis. I think, is the thing, you look at it, I think you let Chris Middleton go off, do what he does. Giannis is the guy you really have to key in on because you can't have both Giannis and Chris going off like that. Also, I, I do want to give props to, you know, the supporting cast, which I have not given a lot of credit to throughout this series. But I got to give a lot of a lot of props to the supporting cast of um, the Milwaukee Bucks because I believe they also have played pretty solid, right? You know, guys like uh, P.J. Tucker, who who is not going to light up things on the scoreboard, but he's going to get chippy rebounds. You know, he'll he'll play great defense. He had some moments against D. Book last night, right? And I didn't know the story about, I forgot that 
PJ was teammates with D Book back in the day, and PJ Tucker used to hound Devin Booker all the time at practice. And Devin Booker gives a lot of credit to his defensive intensity and how he learned how to play defense in the NBA. He gives a lot of credit to PJ Tucker. I had no idea till they brought that up last night. So uh, PJ Tucker w- was solid last night. How about Brooke Lopez and how great he has been in these last two games? He had 14 points for the Bucks last night. Drew Holiday has woken up just a little bit, even though he is shooting really bad from three-point land. Um, And he went 5 for 10 from deep in game three. But last night he was 0 for 5, but he still was able to find 13 points, right? How about Pat Connaughton? He had 11 points off the bench for the Bucks. So the supporting cast of the Bucks have been showing up. They really have. And then you look at the Suns last night, you know, Chris Paul only had 10 points. DeAndre Aiden only had six points, even though he had 17 rebounds. Um, Mikel Bridges had only seven points after coming off a pretty solid performance in game three. Jay Crowder had 15. That's pretty good. Won't complain about that. Um, and then you had uh, Cam Johnson chipping in 10 to lead all bench scorers. Uh, campaign at nine. So, you know, it, it's, it's all about your supporting cast and how consistent they are in addition to your stars being stars. Gotta know, has your prediction changed on this series? 517-355-WKAR, 517-355-9527. When we come back, I will put a bow on this Thursday edition of Current Sports. Uh, I want to bring to you guys um, uh, just... Two stories um, that I think will uh, will intrigue you, and, and one that I definitely want to touch upon, uh, and, and we'll close the show out that way. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to WKAR's Current Sports. Just minutes left here in the hour. All right. Um, I got to bring up two stories here to, to, to take you guys on home. I do want to let you guys know that former Michigan State Athletic Director Mark Hollis, Mark Hollis has a new job and his job will be helping to lure key sporting events to the city of Detroit. Isn't that pretty awesome? And I don't know if you guys have, have been to downtown Detroit recently, but I, I tell you what, I am so proud of my city. I really am. You know, I was in I was in downtown Detroit actually on Sunday um, doing a spot for film and just driving around and looking at all of the new buildings, all of the new restaurants, all of the all of the new bars, all of the new scenic spots. Have you guys seen the new roller skating rink that they have down there with a DJ every single day? Basketball courts everywhere. I mean, it, it's amazing what the city of Detroit is doing. I really wish the city of Lansing would pump more into its downtown, but that's another topic for another day. Um, but bottom line, the city of Detroit, specifically downtown Detroit, is on the up and up. And the Detroit Sports Commission announced yesterday that Mark Hollis, former Michigan State Athletic Director Mark Hollis, has been named the chair of the Detroit Sports Organization Corps. So, um, you know, Hollis, uh, you know, he made this announcement on, on the radio and uh, it's it's very, very cool. 
very, very cool stuff. And we all know about the amazing job that he did at Michigan State when it comes to bringing new, innovative, and different ideas, not just to MSU, but to the college sports world, period. But we all know that it crashed and burned. His tenure at Michigan State crashed and burned, all right? The Larry Nassar scandal in January of 2018, um, that really ran him out, right? And since then, he has been serving as the president of Rock Ventures and has aided in creating the uh, the Rocket Mortgage Classic and the Forbes Under 30 Summit. So uh, he's he's still been busy. He, he's still been busy, you know, working with, with Dan Gilbert, right, um, as well. So wanted to bring that story to you guys. Also, a very troubling story concerning one of the big names coming out of the world of football, the National Football League. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this. Um, well, I saw this broke this morning. No, actually, when I when I woke up and I started browsing that headliners, this was one of the top headliners of the day. But Richard Sherman, famed defender in the NFL, uh, he was intoxicated and threatened to kill himself during a confrontation with family members before his arrest early yesterday, early Wednesday, in a Seattle suburb. Uh, this is according to ESPN.com. Um, audio of the 911 call believed to be made by Sherman's wife, Ashley Moss. Well, that was obtained by ABC News and ESPN early this morning. Now, the caller described Sherman as being drunk and belligerent and said that he threatened to kill himself. Yeah, this is a wild story. It's still developing. Uh, The caller who identified herself at one point as Ashley Sherman also said Sherman was, quote, being aggressive, wrestled with her uncle, and, quote, sent text messages to people saying that he's going to hang himself. Uh, Wild, wild story. Uh, It goes on to read that the caller can be heard attempting to prevent Sherman from leaving the residence saying, quote, Richard, please stop. She also told the 911 dispatcher that Sherman drank two bottles of hard alcohol. At one point during the call, the caller asked the dispatcher to tell police, quote, please don't shoot, and said that Sherman told her he would fight police if they arrived. Yeah. Um, again, no, those are just some of the details. Uh, no, uh Moss told a newspaper that that no her, the, the kids were not harmed in the incident. Uh, she went on to say, quote, he's a good person. He is. This is not his character. We're doing all right. Just trying to get him out. Um, I want people to know no one was injured. So uh, his hearing before a judge, he was arrested. His hearing before a judge will take place this afternoon. And the judge will determine whether there was a probable cause for an arrest and will set bail uh, he was booked early yesterday at the King County Correctional Facility out in Seattle. Uh, records state that he was denied bail. So, um, and he's facing several charges um, after authorities said that he crashed his SUV in a construction jo- construction zone, excuse me, and tried to break into his in-laws' home, and then fought with officers who used a police dog to apprehend him. Yeah. 
Yeah, the caller said that she thought Sherman was driving to her parents' home in Redmond, Washington, which is just under 30 miles away from the couple's home in Maple Valley. So this is wild, folks. And and how many times have I come on these on these airways and talked about, you know, current NFL players or former NFL players who do something that is out of their character all of a sudden are 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 violent and belligerent. And I don't know. I'm not I'm again I'm not saying that he's going through this, but you can't rule out with any football player especially one like Richard Sherman, who has been playing the game for a long time. You can't rule out how the game has taken a toll on his mental health. You can't roll. You can't rule out chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE. And that's why, man, football just scares me. You know, I've always said one day I'm going to be blessed to have a little Al. I question whether or not I will allow him to play the game of football. I'd rather him pick up a baseball bat, a basketball, a golf club. But the game of football is one that has been proven, has been proven to cause major damage to the brain over time. Especially the younger and younger you play it. The, the, the more detrimental it can become. I'm just saying, you can't rule that out. I don't know what Richard is going through. Could be something totally different here that's going, that, that, it, that, he's, that he's battling. But uh, it's pretty obvious that he is battling something, and, and I'm hoping that, that he gets some help. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that, that he doesn't harm himself or others in the process. Okay. All right. That's how I will end today's current sports. Uh, tomorrow, I have the pleasure of welcoming my guy, Jason Ruff of the Odessa Jackalopes. He'll be joining me from Texas to give an update on what he's been up to. Uh, We'll get his thoughts on Tampa Bay winning the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, Tampa Bay fans are so spoiled, right? You just won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, and now you just go ahead and win the Stanley Cup as well. Insane, folks. So uh, Jay Ruff will be with me on the Friday, Friday edition of Current Sports. Until then, folks, please be safe, be smart, and be easy, people.